Skonpaw Show for the week of April 13th. This is it. This is what we've been waiting for. You know what? I'm not going to do a, the opening like normal. Screw it. Let's just go ahead and do it old school style. Hey, Scott, what's up? Hey, man. Well, game of the year and the end of our gimmick. Best movies of the 80s. This is where you talk, Scott. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Best movies of the 80s. I don't like your list. <laughs> well, there's a couple of years on here I don't like. I can live with it. I not like the order. <laughs> oh, is it? Well, this, my, uh, is, this is the order that we went through year by year. Oh, year by year? I got you now. Okay, yeah, I'm I, didn't, I didn't put these in order, Scott. This, this is how we chose them. It's pretty crazy because I don't only switch one film. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go through the list. Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Rocky Three, Return of the Jedi, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Aliens, Predator, Die Hard, and Batman. That was the order that we went through. We went through over 100 films and eliminated them year by year. Around 20 movies every week. This is what we came up with. Well, that's crazy that the 1 through 10 actually almost perfectly matches the order I would finalize these in quality except for one film. Yeah, we should probably get rid of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, probably. Because, okay, we... It's nice. It's, it's, it's nice they they said that Ewoks eat human flesh, but it it it's, <laughs> no. I mean, it's it's. We know what they should have been, but they're not. The thing about the thing about Return of the Jedi is like I go back and forth on that one. It gets, it's it gets such a perfect bookend. Yeah, it is. But it, as soon as they land, it gets slow. It gets real slow. It just stalls. It does stall out, and it didn't hurt or it didn't help with the when they updated the movie with the dance number. Yeah, so it's not going to be out of Empire Strikes Back just on that alone. Yeah, the original cut, I think it's a competitor, but you're right, it does slow down. As soon as they land on Endor, man, it goes to, it gets, it just, the opening like the opening thirty minutes, but it's what about thirty forty minutes the opening? Probably a good half hour. Yeah. It's its own perfect little movie. Yeah. And then they land on Endor and it goes to crap. I don't know. Yeah, I'd say Return of the Jedi would be the first one to cut. Yeah. Based but, on that. Yeah. It's it's two movies from the same franchise. Even though I'd say Return of the Jedi is arguably better than a couple of these. Well, shit. <laughs> I don't know. Here comes the train. The pain train. <laughs> the pain train. <laughs> it's taking Return of the Jedi right on down the highway. Yeah. Or down the tracks. Well. Next film. We're just going to cut five and then we're leaving it at that. Um, let's cut Predator. Yeah. I can agree with that. It might have something to do with sort of been Lost Boys, but 
also Predator. I mean, when compared to like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Empire Strikes Back, it's it doesn't really stand up. I mean, it stands the test of time because of the fact it's the Predator, and it's got a lot of memes. But as far as a movie on its own, it's great. But it probably has more memes than anything left on here. <laughs> it does because yeah. yeah. I am in the middle of the memes like Star Wars memes are insane but they're all prequels yeah they're great um I would oh god I hate to do it but I know what to cut next I don't want to but I know what I would cut it's not what I'm on right now <laughs> You Out know, of all the movies that are left. Oh, Jesus. You know what it is. Well, I don't... It's Yeah, that's exactly where I'm leaning at. Okay. This, yeah, I'm cutting it. Rocky 3. Yeah. We're sentimental to Rocky, but <laughs> it's it's Rocky 3. Oh, my God. It's, uh, got, a, it's got a big slow section, kind of like part two. Yeah. I mean, it needed it for the film because Rocky has to lose everything. But yeah. That's more to do with the entire story of Rocky than the movie itself. Right. My God, how did your train get here so quick? It's outside my house right now. Um. Oh, my God. So we just make this a top seven? <laughs> well, there's only three films that we can cut from. Um, I think I know which one to cut, and I don't want to. <sighs> okay, it's going to be between Die Hard and Batman. That's a very hard decision. Yes, it is. The thing about Batman is Batman's a good Batman film. Die Hard is just a great movie. Batman on its own. Saved, Batman's a good Batman movie. Batman saved the franchise and he made superhero movies awesome again. Yes, he did. And he took what was a... seemed to be a comedic pop character back to what Batman was. A badass vigilante. Die Hard sold that Every man could be a badass. However, the first 40 minutes is boring as shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a slow start. But once it starts, it starts and doesn't let up. Oh my god. Batman and Die Hard. They get a lot of things wrong in Batman about the character himself, though. It's true. Batman doesn't kill. Oh, you haven't been paying attention to the internet lately. Uh, no. That's whole Zack Snyder bullshit and oh, yeah. okay. these panels standing up. And God, I saw that. You guys don't know what the hell you're talking about. Batman kills. Yeah, okay, there's something what? about people are in a dream world or full shit. If... Yeah, fantasy land or something. It's yeah. like, okay, whatever. Batman's just out murdering people left and right. Yeah. Well, you know, have cops. The many. Yeah, the majority of cops don't kill either. So, and I guess I live in the fantasy land too. 
Because Batman's basically a cop. Um. You know what? John McClane killed people. So you know what? Fuck you. I'm going with Batman. Batman wins. Sorry, Die Hard. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> Here we go. All right, so. And then Batman used a minigun. <laughs> <laughs> Stop cutting Batman. <laughs> He killed people in that movie. He killed a lot of people in that movie. He yeah. killed like half of all the fucking Junkers men in that movie. Yeah, he murdered everybody. Um, they were rubber bullets, man. They were rubber bullets. Oh, okay. What about the bomb he set in the factory? <laughs> uh, that was collateral damage. You can't help that. Oh, okay. Got some Bush era and Obama era defenses. Yeah. My favorite. Struck the hell remember out of on um, Batman animated series when they had that episode where they were doing a tribute to all the eras of Batman. Yeah. And then you had the Dark Knight version. <laughs> he was like rubber bullets. I swear. <laughs> he was just gunning <laughs> down everybody. <laughs> okay. Well. I'm pretty happy with this list. Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, and Aliens. It's a pretty good list. Back to the Future is almost perfect movie. You got five almost perfect movies. Yeah. I mean, I like Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, a lot better than Raiders of the Lost Ark, but Batman won that one out. Yeah, and also... Just because Crusaders is Last Crusade is really good doesn't mean the Raiders of the Lost Ark is also not almost a perfect freaking movie. Yeah, we didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. it's a it, freaking great film. It just was up against Batman. And Batman uh, killed more people than Indiana Jones <laughs> in one movie. Yeah, it was just the way the years played out for that when they get eliminated. Um, Any other year, Indy probably could have won. Well, I don't know. He probably could have won 1989, really, looking at it. He could have won if he went up against Return of the Jedi. I would have yeah. gave him that. Maybe Rocky Three. That would have been a tough year. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, and Aliens. So that's your best films of the 1980s. Now, my personal number one depending on what day of the week it is, is it going to be Empire Strikes Back or it's going to be Aliens. It's just, I go back and forth on those two series. But, I mean, we're splitting hairs. Yeah. We're not splitting hairs, we're splitting subatomic par- particles. Yeah. And, of course, if we did this probably next week, it will not be the official choice of, of Scott Polish. It's going to change. I mean, IGN updates their best games of the year every year. Yeah. Best for Xbox, it'll change next week. Sometimes they even re-review games that they gave shitty scores to. Yeah, because they did the patch last week. Yeah, or because, you know, their writer didn't play the game. He was rushed, and he was mad because it was difficult, and it didn't take five hours to beat. Or he had somebody else play it for him. <clears throat> Alien Isolation. <clears throat> Alright, so Empire Strikes Back is the best film of 1980. Maybe. We don't know. That's at least, at least the original cut was better than the new one. 
I still haven't watched the new cut. Have I? Yeah, I did. New cut Empire? Yeah, I did watch the new cut. I bought them. I remember. It's the same thing except for some background stuff, basically. I don't like it. There's no new scenes. I don't like it. Well, it will be interesting to see what happens if we actually get the new cuts. And the old cuts, all in one nice, pretty, 4K, high-resolution, pristine. I think all they did was add, like, clouds in the windows in Cloud City. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a little bit more with the Wampa, but, like, there's not any new scenes in that one. Womp womp. Well, they barely touched Empire Strikes Back yeah. versus the other two remake re specialized editions. Specialized editions. I mean, they they barely touched that movie. Well, now that they own Fox, they can actually start putting out uh, a new hope since they didn't own the distribution rights to it. But now Disney does. Which is was weird. They didn't own distribution rights to the first film. But I would love to see the cleaned up, restored versions of the original, like theatrical releases, Pond's like the VHS first. set that came out. Yeah, VHS set that predated the special editions, yeah. where they just upgraded the the color and the sound and all that stuff, and it was gorgeous. Yeah, would love to see those. I mean, I like some of the stuff that they added to the three movies, but most of it was useless. The Java scene was useless and terrible. All the background stuff in A New Hope was fucking ridiculous. The X-Wing battle was awesome. The uh, I like Return the, of the Jedi, I mean... Some of the new the, planet stuff looked good, though. The new Sarlacc was cool, but the old Sarlacc worked just fine. You know? Yeah. And the dance number in Return of the Jedi was ridiculous, but I mean, I I can't complain about Empire because that's the way they should have done all three films. Yeah. Just minor things. Well, I mean, the good thing is all the prequels were shot digitally, so now every 20 years they just go in and redo everything with what new technology they have. They would always look, you know, up to date. Yeah. There's a despecialized edition of Star Wars. I don't know if we've talked about this, about yeah, this in the yeah, podcast we have. before. Yeah. But I just never downloaded it. Yeah. Yeah, I've meant to for a couple years now, and I just don't get around to it. And I've saw it before. I was like, eh, I'm never going to watch these things again. So I just didn't do it. I watch Star Wars once or twice a year. Just, like all of the first six, I watch those once or twice a year. I just don't have the time. Yeah. Like, I've seen these things so many times, I just don't feel like it. Like, I'll walk through the house, and Owen, or Aiden, will be putting the disc in, and I'll be like, you know, I'll just put my life on hold for a little bit. Yeah. So. It's kind of like when I used to have cable, and whenever they would show Last Action Hero, I was like, well, I guess I'm watching this one again. It's not that I care about the film, it's just, well, it's perfect background noise. Speaking of Star Wars, did you see the new trailer? The one I sent you? Is that what that was? Yes, I sent you two <laughs> two texts, fucker. You know you what I one, usually I do? I sent you one for the game, like, and I sent you one for the movie. I well, see. You, I, I you see ignore text my text. And I click it, and I see what you link, and I see what you actually type something out. And I'm like, all right, I'll check that link in a little bit. <laughs> 
and then I forget to go back. Like I'll I'll read the text if you send me a message I'll read it and typically reply but when you send me a link it I I put it on the back burner until I get a chance. Um, so what did you think of the trailer? Which one, the game or the movie? Let's start with the game. The game, well, it was a story trailer, so I can't really say much about it. But um, it looks like they know what they're doing. It looks interesting. Yeah, and those are supposedly um, all in-game assets that they used to, to create that trailer with. And the other thing was they said there were not any loot boxes, microtransactions, or multiplayer. So uh, at least the story looks like it has a good setup. And it's respawn. So they're pretty yeah. much allowed to do what they want. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm excited as far as seeing a, a true single player game come back out. Um, it's open world. It's uh, lightsaber combat is supposed to be if you hit a freaking stormtrooper with it, they die. So there's not any, you know, glowing ball bat bullshit. Did all this come from the Star Wars celebration today? Yeah, there was a bunch no. of stuff. Okay, like, I, didn't, I didn't hear any of that. Bits and pieces. Um, a lot of new ways of using force powers in video games, allegedly. And, like, the tougher enemies in the game that'll put up a fight will do so with strategy and defense rather than just being able to absorb hits from a lightsaber. Wow, oh, that's nice. Yeah, that'll be a welcome change. Because... I was replaying um, Jedi Academy just for shits and giggles, and it's nice that 90% of the enemies you encounter in that game, if you hit them with a lightsaber, it's over. You feel yeah. really powerful. Yeah. So, uh, the trailer for the next film. What'd you think of that? Yeah, I still don't care about Star Wars films anymore. There you go. Good call. <laughs> um, the trailer, I mean... It had a cool setup with Ray and the TIE Interceptor. Um, though it doesn't look like she's going to go high enough to get over the TIE Interceptor. <laughs> I think the movie's going to end. Is it the end of the saga when she gets smeared by the TIE Interceptor at the end trying to jump over it? Or maybe she's just going to land on top of it and stab it with the lightsaber. Yeah, or maybe she's going to like slash the wing as she goes by. Whatever. It was still a cool scene. I just The only thing that was not cool about it is... If he's trying to run her over or he's trying to shoot her, why is he flying two feet off the ground? Because it's a cool visual. Or because maybe... it gives you a cool visual, right. and that's what killed me on that scene. Or maybe it's just a training exercise. Or maybe. Maybe it's some dark side training. I hope so. Because um, that's the direction that film needs to go. They just need, if they want to be subversive, you know, because subversiveness is quality, they need the freaking. Uh, just have them all go dark side and the first order wins. So, yeah. But, I mean. I mean, if they want to take a break from Skywalker trilogy, that's how you do it. Let the dark side win. Yeah. They, uh. It looks like there's a lot more to the adventure in this film. Um. I did rewatch Last Jedi last night after seeing the trailer for the first time. Um. It didn't taste as bad. It still tasted pretty bad, though. Uh, but the thing I noticed the difference, of course, this is just a trailer. You never know. The trailer gives the sense that there's an adventure and there's a quest versus 
we're going to sit in space trying not to run out of gas, which was basically the entire plot of Last Jedi. I mean, I'd rather have J.J. do it than Ryan Johnson again. Absolutely. At least there will be some action. So, the... Um, there was a lot of cool visuals. I mean, there was some cool ideas, like the rocket pack uh, stormtroopers was pretty cool. The uh, Poe Dameron and 3PO on the little cells speeder skiff thing, whatever it is, you know, that was kind of neat. Um, it, it just it gives off a sense of adventure. Palpatine. That's what I like about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then at the end you have the Death Star, you have the party arriving on their quest. Um, at one of their goals and you know it's appears to be Death Star wreckage I'm going to guess it's on Endor because Palpatine laughs well Palpatine wasn't on the other Death Star um, I say fucking A because where, what else could they do wrong <laughs> <laughs> they fucked everything else I mean up, seriously right? you have fucked up this Skywalker saga so badly that literally just give me Darth Jar Jar for God's sakes like we wanted to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Just fucking do it because it'll be amazing compared to what Last Jedi was. Like I said, Last Jedi probably wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Maybe there was a little bit to the whole I just hated the way they did Luke. Well, that's the truth. I hated the way they did Luke. Um, there was a lot of good things they did with Luke, but in the end, you know, okay, they tell you flat out in the movie, you don't expect him to go off and fight the entire First Order with a laser sword. But, you know, he still could have directly confronted Kylo, you know, some other things, been helpful more in the beginning. But that doesn't help the pacing. That doesn't help ridiculous plot threads that go nowhere that do not serve the story at all um it doesn't forgive lightsaber knife thingies that the imperial guard are using that turn off when they could be cutting ray's head off and then magically turn back on you know it doesn't fix any of that but hopefully with a new director or returning director they will be able to keep a little bit of cohesion and a, that sense of adventure because that's what was big about the the, the, the original, original trilogy. trilogy. Yeah, swashbuckling adventure. The swashbuckling adventure. And this trailer sells swashbuckling adventure with a with a one unnecessary illogical visual. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, C three PO's gotten rid of the red arm, so I'm pretty happy about that. But But it makes it the other thing is, is you're going to have all three of your principal characters, or four if you count Chewbacca. I mean, Chewbacca doesn't really talk, but he's had a pretty big role in the first two movies. Um, you have your four principal characters all questing together. So, let's roll with it. Minus your principal villain. Um, and I guess Vader's mask is supposed to return, so... I wouldn't be shocked if at the end somehow, if, you know, for them to defeat Palpatine once and for all, that you don't see an Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan ghost, uh, Hayden Christensen, Anakin ghost, or some version of it. 
you know, Yoda Ghost, all that. Versus Palpatine Ghost. And Luke Ghost, I guess. Give me Sam Jackson Ghost. And Kylo Ghost, too. They're all together. One big happy. And Han, they're all together. Yeah, because Luke says in the trailer that you know, nobody really goes away or something like something to that effect. And that's, that's the other thing I noticed is Luke's voice doesn't have that ethereal quality to it like it does in when Obi-Wan is speaking to um, Luke. But if I'm not mistaken, Last Jedi didn't really do that with Yoda. And Yoda was able to reach out and physically touch Luke. So, Oh, yeah, because they've probably mastered it more. I would be okay with that. Yeah, I mean, if... Qui-Gon was the first to do it, and he half-assed figured out how to do it. Right. Yeah, so... I mean, as long as there's some end, if there's still a way for them to be defeated, I mean, because... If... If Obi-Wan and, and Yoda can just walk around as Force Ghost, then without any sort of uh, price to pay, so to speak, then that really cheapens the stories, in my opinion. It really makes it hard to... Again, if they don't have a price to pay, there's no consequence to what they're doing, then where is the suspense you know, where it's kind of like the difficulty in writing Superman, where he's invincible. It's kind of hard to figure out which direction to go with him. I hope they don't run into that with their Jedi and Force users, like basically being invincible immortals that can still kick your ass. But it did get me excited for Star Wars. So excited that I gave Last Jedi another shot. Hmm. And I raised the score from a four to a five. Oh. <laughs> one, one full point, Mr. IG, point. Mr. IGN over here. It's right. I, I am revising my score. Um, so are you I saying like a lot of the stuff they did with the Force in Last Jedi? Are you saying I should watch it tonight on Netflix? You'll hate it. All right, so I shouldn't. Watch it's it. so slow. Good. I'm not going to watch it. I got other stuff to do. Now, Old Codger Luke isn't exactly what I wanted, but Old Codger Luke was well done. He shouldn't be an Old Codger. No, no. He should be a badass. Yeah. Yeah, he should have been what he was at the end of the movie, for the most part. Yeah. Gosh. He should still be a horrible trainer, and everybody just either turns into a madman or a lunatic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... You know, I really was able to digest it better. Um, I, 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 I'm softening on the film a little bit, for sure. And the big thing is, is what Luke says about the Jedi and their, the, it being a religion and everything else. It, it, you know, the Jedi need to die and all that. It makes perfect sense. Well, I mean, it, actually, it was it a works in the film. It's one of the things that Ryan Johnson did do right. When he wasn't spending time having Luke suck milk out of alien titties, <laughs> um, you know, when he was actually trying to make a film instead of fucking... Making fun of Star Wars? Making fun of Star Wars in a Monty Python kind of way. 
Um, yeah, I mean, there is a lot of good in that film. It's just a lot of poor execution too. So where was Kathleen? Was it is it Kathleen Kennedy? Whatever her name was, who was the woman in charge of Star Wars? Yeah, Kathleen Kennedy. Where was she at during all this? Just letting it go to crap. She was supposed they, to be overseeing everything. Didn't they get rid here, of her? But you know, no, they didn't get rid of her. But in the um, in the in a lot of interviews between releases. Uh, between the first two of the of the sequel trilogy, there was a lot of commentary that basically was along the lines of we're letting the director do what the director wants to do. Uh, JJ and Ryan have only spoke once or twice, blah, 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 blah. And it was like right then it was like kind of there were some warning signs. And we're introducing a whole bunch of new characters and yada, yada, yada. And it's like you set up a bunch of shit in the last film. Are you going to address that stuff? And they don't address basically any of it, except for what's going on with Luke Skywalker. Of course, you know, majority of older fans probably aren't going to like what they did with him. But that's a subjective thing. Okay, you got you got two ways to make films. You can go the DC route, which is where you throw a bunch of shit out the wall and see what happens. Or you can go the Marvel yeah. route, which is precise. And even though it looks like you're doing this... Um, well, it, it it looks like you're making it in a factory, but it works. Everything has a flow. There's an overarching story plan. Right. And maybe cut but, down on the amount of films. Yeah, I think I think the problem with Kevin Feige never would have done this. Last Jedi and Force Awakens is one is the director they chose was also your writer. Um, and there was no, according, uh, it, my understanding from commentary and comments was there was not really any major oversight. Um, they had to have had a plan in place. You would have thought they would have had a plan in place for how this trilogy was going to go. I really don't think they did. That's why you have a remake of A New Hope and a shitty remake of Empire Strikes Back. Remember when they fired those two guys for um, oh. the solo movie? No, they well, fired the director of it. No, it wasn't brought in Ron movie. Howard. No, wasn't. They also fired two guys off of the um, the other movie. Uh, Rogue One had people fired. Yeah, those two guys, and they went and did the Lego movie. Well, the maybe Batman they movie. maybe at some point. You know, Bob Iger or whoever, whatever the hell his name is there at Disney said, you know, we've we've really stepped in and gotten involved in a lot of these films. Maybe we ought to just take a step back and learn our lesson and then it blew up in his face. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just speculating. But you, the thing is, is Solo and Rogue One are really good movies <laughs> because they weren't rushed to be made. Someone came up with a good idea for each film. They put out a script they took their time with the script. They took their time with production. They bought Star Wars and said, get Force Awakens out. And then it's like, we only have two years to make the next one. Get it out. You know, in what's supposed to be a connected story. It's a whole different ball game to build three movies that's a connected story versus one movie that's inspired by, you know, the opening crawl of A New Hope or, hey, let's see what how Han Solo got the Millennium Falcon. You know, those are simpler projects. 
than keeping an entire saga together. And I really think an extra year of production in between and pre-production specifically would have had huge differences in the quality between Force Awakens. Which Force Awakens has its flaws. Don't get me wrong. You know, raise a little bit of a Mary Sue in it, and it is a rehash of A New Hope for the most part. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Because it's, it's just a little bit of a rehash. It's the same friggin' movie. We're 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 grading on a curve here because she's way more of a Mary Sue in the next movie. Um, she's always right. She's never wrong. Um, you know, she's everything she does is is the correct thing. She doesn't seem to make mistakes, um, or it always plays out in her favor. But anyways, whatever, you know. They just and they blew up I, Death Star again. It's the same friggin' movie. Yeah, well, in last in Last Jedi, they have the whole Walker face off, just like Hoth, on a salt planet. But you don't know it's a salt planet because it looks like it's kind of snowing just a little bit, like flurries or something, until a trooper sticks his finger in the salt and tastes it. Goes, oh, it's salt. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's how. That's how self-aware Ryan Johnson was that he was ripping off The Empire Strikes Back. That they took time to have a trooper stick his finger in the salt, taste it, tell you it's salt. <laughs> and then it made it through the editing process. Why didn't they just have Mel Brooks make the movie and say, we ain't found shit when they come to the desert? Yeah. And they also bring in, at the end of the movie, a super laser built off Death Star tech. That's going to blow the front door off of this rebel base. With Star Destroyers orbiting right above. (laughs) And no explanation of there being a planetary shield like there was in Empire Strikes Back. So, yeah, there's a lot of bad in Last Jedi. People can say whatever they want about it. On the the subjective side is the subjective side. but, But the rehash and the poor rehash and the... It, the over explanation i mean it's like it's so obvious they knew they were ripping off empire strikes back that they had to stop and have that trooper scene it, so marvel did a better job oh yeah absolutely yeah. so yeah uh, so I, think, I, th- I just i just think there's a difference in quality between force awakens and the other one i think force awakens you know it just makes more sense even though it's a remake, it's a it's a better remake. Right. This is a shitty remake, but they're both remakes. It seems like Ryan Johnson just had this one idea that he wanted to do with Luke at the end of the movie, and then just wrote around that. Right, because we we have experience with that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can identify that problem. We've been there. I got the beginning. I got the end. What about the middle? Huh? Fuck. <laughs> Fuck the middle. Fuck <laughs> that middle. That's just when people go eat popcorn. I mean. Oh, yeah, stop your piss. When you come back, the guy's gonna have his powers. He's gonna be awesome. Um, but you know the 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 end, which it's no secret now that Luke dies, allegedly dies, is very beautifully shot and well done. I mean, well, Zack Snyder makes is is a great director. He just don't let him touch the story. Right. I would let so. him direct one of my movies as long as he promises not to touch the story. As soon as he touches the story, he's fucking fired. Yeah. 
Well, we spent about 30 minutes talking about Star Wars, and we, we never got to the other topic. Game of the year. <laughs> we have real issues with Star Wars. Okay. So, Scott. This is what we decided to do. We're not going to do the normal game of the year. We are doing the best games that we have actually played over the last year. Our year usually runs from WrestleMania to WrestleMania, so it's a lot easier for us to just calibrate that way. Scott, how many games do you have on your list that you beat last year? Sixteen, uh, twenty. twenty. Twenty between WrestleManias, I guess. Yeah. All right. So we'll do a top ten, but let's do your honorable mentions right now. Uh, honorable mentions, I would have to say. Would definitely be. Three Dirty Dwarves for the Sega Saturn. Uh, Dead Space Extraction for the Wii. I remember that game. Rail yeah, Shooter. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it was Rail Shooter. Co-op, pew, too. Pew, pew, pew. And probably... I would have to go with Dragon's Crown for PlayStation 3. That's the game with the big booby woman walking around, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... There's more to it than that, I suppose. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a really good game. It's just it only has nine maps that you got to play over and over. That's its big failing. Yeah, it's very repetitive. Yes. Okay. But again, it's one of those ones I play co-op, so it kind of helps. Yeah, I got that game on PlayStation Plus a few years ago. but It's probably a lot more fun co-op. I just couldn't get into it, single player. Yeah, there's no way I would be making, be playing through it with more than one character. Also, I would have to say that Aliens, the board game. Oh, you <laughs> board game, actual board board game. No, 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 oh, no, they, no. Oh, you played it on the... Someone took the original Aliens, the board game from like 1989 or 1990, whenever it came out. And they made a Flash version of it. Huh. And it is freaking hard as shit. Like, I could have seen this being a, a, a late 80s, early 90s Genesis game. I mean, it's it's pretty solid. So is so. it like... Uh, overhead look at the board or is it yes yes okay, so it's like and you get like a yeah you get a squad of marines you start out in the hive like in the movie and um it's on a grid and you your each marine can move so many spaces uh they have so much range they have so much damage they can do and the aliens spawn at different points on the board which is based off of the grid but it's also based on roles where they appear on the grid. So if you get some lucky roles, the aliens don't spawn too close to you. And if, but they can always move more spaces than the Marines on their turn. Um, and then there's combat, there's acid spray. It's 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 actually very deep. And uh, 
just for shits and giggles, I printed up a uh, board and played it with my son, and it, it's it's not any easier in person. But you go through the operations center after that, where you got to get into the air ducts. That sequence is insanely difficult to to win. And then you have the part where you have to rescue Newt from the hive, which isn't too hard. But you can randomly run into the queen in that one, and that's a bitch. I think so. I've seen Angry Joe playing some board game. I think it was either Aliens or Alien vs. Predator. No, I have the Alien vs. Predator board game that just came out. It has, like, the miniature figurines. Yeah, I think that's what he was playing. Yeah, that's probably what he's playing. Yeah. Um, it's AVP, The Hunt Begins. But the Aliens board game, like the original come up, it had like the cardboard stand-up characters. Um, it's actually a really, really, when you look at the original board game, it was a really high-quality movie tie-in for the time. Like, it, they really put some work and effort into that game. Um, but the board game's really fun, and the play on the computer is really fun, too. So it's definitely an honorable mention. It still took me like two days to beat it because the Operations Center is such a bitch. But I'd say that'd probably cover it for honorable mentions. Okay, my honorable mentions would be Ninja Gaiden. I gave that one a five. There are some bullshit going on in that game. And number 11 would be... NES Ninja Gaiden? NES Ninja Gaiden, yeah. Sorry, five? There were more. Yeah, I gave it a five. Look, wow. there was some bullshit going on in that game. They know it. And... It's true. Castlevania. Give that one a six. Uh, which Castlevania? The original Castlevania. Jesus Christ. Hey, look. The original Castlevania that's on Game Boy? <laughs> <laughs> no NES. Damn, son. Look, there were some programming decisions that was made at the time that they knew was wrong and they could have fixed it, but they did it anyway. Look, this wasn't for the freaking arcade. They were making decisions that was based upon arcade games. It was this coin-munching bullshit, and you knew better. You could have fixed that shit, but you didn't. It's like Ninja Gaiden. Why the hell is it when I get hit, I bounce back 15 fucking feet? Same thing with Castlevania. Oh, I yeah, would... Ninja Gaiden's definitely a fucking coin-munching yeah. game. Why would you but I never that? thought of Castlevania like that, even though you fly back pretty far when you get hit. Yeah, it's stupid. So, and there were other little issues with it, but... Yeah, I can burn through that game in less than 20 minutes. I'm pretty sure. All right. Scott, give me your number 10 game. My number 10 game uh, would be... Does that beat 20? Mm-hmm. Uh, should have put these in order, Scott. I should have already done that ahead of time, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, I would... I'm going to have to flip a couple things here then. I'm going to go ahead and say that Dragon's Crown would be my number 10 and take it out of the honorable mention Uh-oh. category and put the original Metroid in my honorable mention. Wow. I wouldn't put that in my top 10. Because that game, you know, it's great that there's the exploration and stuff's there. But that game is... When you get to where the Metroids first appear, which is in the last couple minutes of the game, basically, that's when the game shines the most. And it's literally five minutes of the game. It's a good game. It's got a, great ideas. Um, 
and I, and they're not even executed what I would say poorly, but definitely it was a work in progress in my opinion. So. So the original Metroid is more of a proof of concept. Proof of concept, yeah. It's, it's kind of like the yeah. original Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed was a proof of concept, and Assassin's Creed Two was the real game. Yeah, that'd be my number ten. All right. Or my honorable mention, my number ten would be Dragon's Crown, wow. with the caveat that I played it co-op. online or couch co-op, yeah. which makes a huge difference in a lot of my games. Yeah. My number ten would be Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. If you're wondering, that was a six as well. Jesus Christ! Would you beat ten games? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Tropical Freeze would be my number nine. <laughs> oh. All right, there we go. And I'm jumping to like an 8.5 or an 8. <laughs> I'll, I'll be 12 games. Yeah. Um. My number... Oh, on you? Yeah, so you just did Tropical Freeze? I just did Tropical Freeze. Yeah. My number nine is the Shrouded Isle. That was number seven. Have you played that game? No, I haven't even heard of that one. Yeah, I got that one on Humble Bundle. Uh, the Shrouded Isle, it's basically a... It's on Switch now, which would probably be the preferable way to play it. It's a lot like kind of a combination of Salem Witch Trials and... It's more like Salem Witch Trials. You are the head of this colony, and every year they have to make a sacrifice to appease like the god or whatever. And you have to go through the town, and you have to get people to basically pick heads of every family. And they're basically you're basically the inquisitors, and they have to purge everybody in the town. And you have to find who to sacrifice. And they go through and they burn the books, they build altars, and at the end of the season, you're going to find out if they did the right thing or not. And if they do, and you have to question everybody in there, you have to inquisit them. It's, eh, it's not the greatest game, but I've never actually beat the game, because I always screw up and everybody dies in the town. Again, it came with the Humble Bundle, but for something on Switch, you can play it for in like under 15-20 minutes. If it's ever on sale, it's definitely something you should pick up. Alright. Well, my number eight would be... Probably... Castlevania Portrait of Run for the DS. I mean, it's another Symphony of the Night type game. But... Even though those games typically light on story, I had a pretty good story. And going into the different portrait realms, 
um, was a pretty good mechanic. It was fun. Uh, again, huge bosses like all those games. Lots of cool enemies. Uh, very fun. I think it took me about two weeks to play through it. Around ten hours or so. Um, number eight. Uh, Soul Calibur six. Everybody knows what Soul Calibur is, so yeah. Yeah, I gave that one a seven. It it would have been a little bit higher if they actually gave a damn about the story mode. It was... If they would have just tried. But they didn't try. You would actually like to see your character in a freaking cutscene. And they want to tell cutscenes by doing... Still images. I mean, I've never actually popped before... Just seeing my character in a cutscene. I waited like two hours and then, oh, look, there's my character in a cutscene. Woo! Oh, it's over. Yeah. Just, just, just put the fucking money into it. Netherrealm's got that shit figured out. With the Injustice and yeah. um, uh, Mortal Kombat story modes. They've definitely got that shit figured out. Yeah, I'm playing um, Marvel and Capcom. Three, what that one, the last one, because it's on Xbox Game Pass right now. My God, it's just loading screen, loading screen, loading screen, and it just breaks up the story so much. It's like I just play through Mortal Kombat one and two. It's seamless, but these guys have no idea how to do it right. It's so bad. No, Capcom's lost their way with fighting games recently. Yeah. Um, my number seven, Metro 2033 Redux. Um, and definitely an eight, eight point five. Great mechanics, great atmosphere, great story, great level design, great enemies, great pretty much everything except for the very final end moment. <laughs> The ending scene, no matter which ending you get, is just piss poor, short, and over with. <laughs> like, really? Like, I don't expect a movie, but give me 60 seconds of something. Jesus criminy. Um, the Metro Redux, if you don't own that, it's freaking dirt cheap at GameStop. It's usually dirt cheap digital once a month. Uh, get it. Especially if you like FPSs. And you like, and, and especially if you like FPSs and you're looking for something different. In the genre, so I still can't remember which one I played Last Light or 2033. I played Last Light back in the day when it came out, I think, on PlayStation Plus or something. And then that must be the one I played, yeah. And then I played through, then I bought the Redux with the intent of playing through both of them, but realizing I really didn't want to play through it again, so I just played through the first one. Yeah. Very good games, both of them are just awesome. I've not played the new one to know if it's any good or not, though. Yeah, I'm not going to do the new one since it's on Steam Store. Not Steam Store, but Epic. And you have to be online constantly to play it, even though it's a single-player game. So, yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, so until there's a hack, 
I'm not going to do it. Number seven, Democracy 3. I gave that one a 7.2. If you're not familiar with Democracy, it's, it's pretty much what you think it is. It's this uh, PC game. I don't think it's on console. I think it's PC exclusive. You just make a bunch of decisions to form what type of government you want, whether it's democracy or I think you can form a socialist government if you want. And that's pretty much it. You make a bunch of decisions for the government, healthcare, or gun control, or whatever. And Scott, I am an excellent leader. You would, you would be happy. I formed a utopia. Well, that's that's. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I, I may have cheated, but they all cheat in government. That's true. Uh, my number. And there were no little black dresses around when I did it. Well, number six now. Uh, number six, yes. Uh, Metroid: Samus Returns. Man, you played a lot of Metroid. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty good Metroid. I I would say it's not as good as Super Metroid, which is not really a knock against it. Um, the biggest thing that hurt this for me was playing it on a 3DS. My left index finger was screaming at me every time I played that game. Um, and it got just a wee bit repetitive finding the little, uh, monsters that you had to fight. I mean, other than that, it's almost as good as some of the other Metroid games. I mean, it's an 8, 8.5 game. Kirby Star Allies would be number six. I gave that a 7.5. It's not a real Kirby game. It's not like Triple Deluxe or Curry's Dreamland, but I mean, I imagine if you're somebody like Scott who actually has people to play co-op with, which is really what it's intended to be, it would be more, probably higher up, but that's not really what they intended. They wanted this to be a co-op Kirby game. It's not what I wanted. I wanted a real Kirby game, so maybe it's really my fault, but... Hey, I love it. it, it it's we haven't game. beat it, but we 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 play it and have a blast playing it. Me and my two sons. Yeah, see, that's, and that's probably the thing. I think me, and my wife. I think we even got my wife playing one night for about an hour, and uh, the four of us just—it was fun. Yeah, but it's not a real Kirby game. Would you agree? No, no, I agree with that. Yeah, see, that's the why boss, it's well, so some low. of the boss fights are fun. They're all simple. All the boss fights are simple, but some of them are yeah. fun. Yeah, uh, a lot of cool powers and stuff. The amiibo functionality is kind of a waste. Um, it's nice mm -hmm. to be able to get a little power up, but like yeah. it would be also be nice since I own the amiibo. If I tap it, I get Link Sword, since you basically can find Link Sword in the game, anyways. Yeah, you know. And of course, uh, like a lot of Kirby games, if you want everything, it does get hard. If you want to perfect the game. Yeah, there's a lot of bonus stages. There's a lot yeah. of, not like not bonus stages like you get. The, oh, here's an extra five minutes of your time. Like a whole new level bonus yeah. stage. There's a lot of those to unlock. A lot of collectibles. Yeah. Um, number five. Number five. Let's say. Uh, Let's 
Banner Saga 2. Wow, Banner Saga. I played that. Yeah, there's hardly a genre of games I can't play. (laughs) I don't think you're much for tactical RPGs, are you? No. No, I am playing um, Final Fantasy IX right now. I mean, I got God mode on, but yeah. Banner Saga 2 is falling in the 8 to 8.5 range. Um, Banner Saga, and this is a weakness in the first game also, is, is when your party's traveling sometimes the animation of them walking can be going on a little long before something happens. The game could probably speed that part up just a little bit. But these are 10-hour RPGs. 10 or 12 hours. Anyways. Um, I really enjoy the combat system. And I like the stories in both of them. So. Yeah. I did did like the story. It's like Persona. I like the characters. I like the story. I just don't. I just can't get into RPGs like that. That's my problem. Yeah. Really good story. Uh, number five for me. Detective Pikachu. Eh, I mean, I don't like the Pikachu games because of the fact, well, I mean, it's, it's dog fighting. Scott and I talked about that. We didn't talk about that on the show. We talked about that after the show the last time. But, yeah, I mean, you get rid of all the Pikachus and then what do you get? It's, it's dogs. That's all it is. It's dogfighting. But, Detective Pikachu is a... It, the reason why they made um, the Pokemon movie about Detective Pikachu is because it's the most story-based game. And it was a really good game. You didn't really have to know... Well, you did have to know a little bit about Pokemon... But if you didn't, you can just pretty much just skip the portions where they ask you about Pokemon, which I did kind of have to do on some of it. But beside that, it was actually a really fun game. It's a little cutesy at times, but that's kind of Pokemon. But you did end up really liking the character as he was. Not happy that Ryan is going to be playing him because it just doesn't fit who he is Pokemon and uh, Pikachu in the actual game but eh, that's completely beside the point but Detective Pikachu I gave that one a 7.5 uh, number 4 I would say near Automata PS4 you just looked up her dress. That's why you gave it a number four. No, the developers wouldn't let me look up her dress. Bastards. You got the trophy for it. That's right. You damn straight I did. Um, I got her in a Soul Calibur 6. I just took her dress off. It was awesome. Good. She's in Soul Calibur 6? Yeah, she's one of the DLCs. Oh. Anyways. Pretty good fighter. Uh, combat, customization. She weighs 300 pounds. She's a robot. Yeah. 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 That's a heavy story. Pretty cool. Uh, Replayable quest, which I got most of the way through the second part. She's not like Mannequin. Um, That's a blast from the past. The game has excellent sound design, excellent score. I mean, the boss fights are epic. There's different 
types of gameplay within the game. Like you're playing a Devil May Cry type game with customizable weapons and, and upgrades. And then the next second you're playing a shmup. And, but it all works. And I did an excellent job. Uh, multiple endings, you know, a lot of exploration. Very, very, very good game. It's about 45 <laughs> multiple endings. Yeah. I think the la- the one ending will erase your save file. Yeah, if you fuck it up. Yeah, there's some- I can't remember how that worked, but there's something that makes your save file disappear. But anyways, Nier Automata's pretty good. She has a very nicely modeled butt. You can only see it for like a half second. Yeah, unless you play Soul Calibur 6 and you can see it the whole time. Mm. Uh, the problem I had with that game, which is why I never finished it, Lack of direction? Well, yeah, that, and it's just the same locations over and over again, which is one of the downfalls that it's made by Platinum Games. If Platinum yeah. Games was, say, bought by Microsoft, then they could have that sweet-ass Microsoft money, and they can get a bigger studio, and you could have, well, let's just add another 200 people to the team, and you could have a bigger world. You can have all kinds of people on your dev team then. Instead, you, you're stuck on that one fucking planet in that one location doing the same stuff over and over and over again. Yeah, just from a different kind of perspective. Yeah, I mean, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and it's just, my God, it never ends. <laughs> it's just, oh, I went from one location to another. Dude, it took me at least 15 minutes to get there. You can pretty much travel the whole world in near Almada in like five minutes. I don't know Ooh. how I don't know how long it would take me to travel the entire location in Odyssey. More revise my list a little bit. I don't remember what the fuck I had at number Oh Dragon's Crown, move it down. <laughs> move it back in. I just noticed something on my list here. Right. When we get to three games. Because I got four games that are better than all the other ones I've mentioned so far. Scott does not come prepared. Yeah, well, yeah, we're he, just moving he it down gives, one. He gives his co-workers shit for not being prepared for work. Move everything down one. All right. Number four, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh, 7.5. This ends the trilogy of the Tomb Raider series reboot. Um, There's three of those already? Yeah. And Jesus, I thought that was the second one. No. You had Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Mm. Well, I think, first was the first one that's called Tomb Raider? I don't remember. I think it was just called Tomb Raider. But um, all three of them right now are available on Xbox Game Pass if you haven't played any of them. Um, I thought this was probably the weakest of all three of the Tomb Raiders. Uh... Also, it's a completely different team than the other two, so take that for what you will. I forgot what they're making. I think they're making the Avengers game. I think that's where they're at right now. But overall, it, I mean, it, it was a good game, but just fell a little short. But still fun. 
I mean, it's still held the same Tomb Raider aspects from the other two games. Just the story wasn't really there. But you'll have fun playing it. I mean, if you like the other two games, you'll like this one, but just don't expect a big climactic ending that, oh my god, what an amazing trilogy. Mm, no, it doesn't ruin the trilogy, but you're not going to feel... Hey, guess what? It's not uh, The Last Crusade. It's not that. So, Scott, number three. Well, we got it's my new number four now. What, Shadow of the Tomb Raider? No, the Terminator for Sega CD. Oh. Game is 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 that your number three? That's number my number four. Oh, your number four? Because remember, I moved everything down one. Okay. The Terminator for Sega CD is a top-notch freaking side-scrolling shoot 'em up. Uh, you play as Kyle Reese in the original Terminator film. Uh, wait, that was wait. Yeah, okay. I'm getting confused because there was also one that used the minister. That was his T2, right? Oh, it's T2, the arcade game. Yeah, that was the that was the light that was the light oh, gun game. game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there fun. was Terminator 2, where you played as the Terminator, and it wasn't very good. Yeah, that's Yeah, uh, but T2, the arcade game, and the Terminator for Sega CD are about the only good Terminator games they made. Um, but the Terminator is just. The soundtrack's original by Tony Tallarico. I know we've talked about him on the podcast before, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. But the this, this soundtrack to that game is awesome. Um, the boss fights are pretty simplistic, but they're tough in sometimes. And But the level design and the action is just awesome. It is a great freaking retro experience. So if you have access to a Sega CD... I don't know if there's any emulators that work for that. Um, yeah, there You is. need to grab a copy of the Terminator. If I'm not mistaken, the price of that game has skyrocketed in the last year or two. Uh, it used to be a $30 game all day long. I think it's closer to 100 now. Um, so now you can do number three. Just go ahead and do your number three. My number three yeah. would be Rocket Knight Adventures for the Sega Genesis. Um, you play as a possum with uh, a rocket pack and a sword and some awesome attacks and it's a konami game um you can definitely see where either it was influenced by or it did influence um gunstar heroes i'm not sure which one came out first uh but you know there's a lot of little quirky things about it um you can rocket around each stage with these these rocket powered attacks bounce around slash it with your sword there's some shoot 'em up levels uh big bosses lots of destructible parts to the bosses tough boss fights uh, a lot of imagination great art design great score great everything very good game i'd say it definitely qualifies as a nine and so would terminator i put both of those at a nine number three kirby's adventure 7.5 and probably if you listen to this so you most likely already have a Nintendo Switch and Nintendo Switch Online, so go ahead and play it. You have access to it. Oh, uh, this game had some 
horrible slowdown. So that definitely hurt the score on this. Um, the last, the end of the game, I don't know what the hell is going on. Oh, I do. It's a Sakurai game. There was the three bosses. That was bullshit. That hurt the score. So that pretty much is the only reason why it hurt the score. <laughs> Slow down and the end of the game was just total bullshit. So 7.5. But Kirby's Defensor, freaking sweet-ass game. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, number two. Oh, wait. I'm going to say something quick. Um, they did do another version of that game. I can't remember the name of it. It's like Kirby's Adventure in Dreamland or some bullshit like that. And I don't know if they fixed the slowdown or not. I imagine they did. It was for 3DS or Game Boy Advance or something like that. But all it is is just a remake of Kirby's Adventure. So, do you remember what the name of that game was? No, I don't. All right. I'm not looking it up, but I'm sure somebody out there does. All right, so moving on to number two, uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. I played that on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, awesome level design, graphics, are got that great retro style. Awesome score. Uh, it's basically Castlevania Three, the sequel. So, Castlevania 3 is one of my probably top 5 or 10 games ever. So, Bloodstained definitely fills that itch. Um, really good. I think it's the free Xbox Live game right now. Mm, no, I think they've already... Is that already moved on? It. Oh, that was February. That was February. Yeah, yeah my bad. Oh, well. Nightmare in Dreamland was the name of that game. I'd put Bloodstained at a 9 or 9.5. I'd put it at a 9. Solid 9. Uh, they had new mini games and multiplayer modes as well. Okay. My number two what is Kirby's Dreamland 2. Which I actually thought was better than Kirby's Adventure because, you know, no slowdown. And you actually, Kirby had three new friends with him to play around with and I'm sure you didn't have slowdown because the fact they were designing it for the Game Boy and not the NES so they knew that there were some severe limitations to the game and if you haven't played it it might be a little bit difficult to get your hands on it unless they decide to put this thing on the Switch since it was a Game Boy game but um, if you can just go ahead and pick it up Somehow, wink, wink, as a 8.2. It's a very specific score. Yes, it is. Thank you. Uh, we're not <laughs> IGN. We don't go 8.0 or 8.5. Although I do, because I don't feel like it. All right, all right, all right. I got one for you. Oh, number one game. Number one. Number, number one. Two. The Last of Us Remastered. Obviously for the PS4. 9.7. 9.7. Not quite go. a 10. Not that good. I don't give 10s. No. I don't typically give 9.7s. I usually max out at 9.5. What did we give um, 
Mario Odyssey 9.7? Probably. I think so, actually. Yeah, so, because they had some issues. Um, Last of Us Remastered. Uh, there's... I mean, everything that you can say good about a game, for the most part, you can say about this one. It's, it's a great concept, original take on the zombie thing, because it's a fungus. Um, pretty good combat. I'll get all, back to that in a second. Uh, good score. Good environments are beautiful, but the environments are very well done. Uh, gr- fantastic story. Uh, just just a great all-around game in pretty much every respect, except I will say that the clickers are bullshit in the control department, uh-huh. and that the games have purposefully programmed deficiencies in control when a clicker's coming after you. Does mm-hmm. that add or take away to the game? I don't know, but I really feel like they crippled you just a little bit on purpose when those things get close. Because it just doesn't flow. It does not flow when they become aware of you. Now, if that's on purpose, then more power to them. But I don't know if it was or not. Because it's definitely discombobulating. That's a good word that I wanted to use today. That's word of the day. Discombobulated. Word of the day. Discombobulated. It's Dusty Rhodes so, word. Discombobulate. Yeah. The DLC you can skip. Yeah, it, it didn't really add anything to it's the story. It's a lot of listening. A whole lot of listening. A whole lot of walking around and listening. Yes. Like, you know the sequences and you're playing, like, Gears of War and I take control away from you and you just want to, like, throw your control through the television because yeah. they're slow walking? Yeah. That's basically what the DLC is. Oh, I forgot. I beat another game. I didn't put it on the list. I'll talk about it in a minute. All right. What's, what's your number one? Um, hold on. I forgot. I beat Spider-Man. Um, uh, Spider-Man, I should change my list then, shouldn't I? Uh, you like Spider-Man, did you? No. What did I give Spider-Man? You remember? It was like, like a four? Like a, yeah, Spider-Man is a four. <laughs> yeah, you, you gave it a four. I'm 99% sure. Yeah. Three of that is because Laura Bailey's in the game. So, there we go. Alright, okay, number one. Forgotten Anne. That's a 9.5. Uh, Scott had more time. He could have played the game. Well, I've sat down since yesterday, and I've put about two hours into it. There you go. Scott only has six more hours to go. Yeah. That's... That game is really freaking good. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. Scott has six more hours. He could have beat the game. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably have that beat by June if I'm lucky. Yeah. But anyways, Forgotten Anne is is very very good. It's beautiful game, beautiful graphics, amazing story, heartfelt characters. Um, as far as I know, there are multiple endings, but not many. Uh, so don't screw up your choices, Scott. Yeah, try not to. Um, the the story is basically you are trying not to give spoilers you are a forgotling and it's people who you're in the real world 
and you are just forgotten, forgotten items and forgotten things, and you are taken to a different dimension, and that is where everything has been forgotten. And they are trying to get back. And how and why, well, that's spoilers. You'll find out. Yeah, it's a pretty cool concept. Yeah. Very, very good concept. Very original and innovative. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have to really play the game to understand it. It's it's kind of like a it's not a walking simulator, but it it's if Telltale didn't fuck up their games, it's a lot. Yeah, like it's that. like it's like if Telltale took the next step. Yeah, this is what Telltale should have been. Yeah, it's side scrolling, but you get to make choices with your dialogue in a way. When and it, some when of your ma- actions. Yeah, and some of your actions when it matters. But this was definitely my game of the year. One of my favorite games. And it, I hate puzzles. Scott knows I hate puzzles in games. But this did not bother me because they were not overly complex or stupid. And the ones that were, and I couldn't figure it out, once I did, I realized I'm a fucking idiot. So, yeah, Forgotten End. 9.5, my favorite game this year. Yeah, just a reminder, this is just the top ten of the games we actually played in the last year. Yeah, it does not matter when they came out. Yeah. So, maybe next year I'll actually have Assassin's Creed Odyssey beat. Scott, I am actually 24 hours into the game. I only have like 30% of the actual main story beat. Wow. That was a huge fucking game. Doing side quests or what? I'm doing fucking everything. Man, you don't normally do that either. No, no. It's a huge game. I should buy that for you one day. But you're never getting all beat. Odyssey? Yeah. Oh, we've got Odyssey. Oh, D? Who are you playing it on? Xbox? Xbox. I'm not playing it. I haven't played it. Yeah, he'll never get it beat. I, uh, someday I would like to give it a shot. I just haven't yet. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good list. If you can't find five really great games to play out of that list. Yeah. What's wrong with you? I'm I'm hoping to... I wanted to get some Mario on there. Because I finally got all the Mario games now. But, yeah. Maybe next year. But, that does it. We went over limit. Try to keep the show out an hour, but... Had a little bit of Mario, not Mario discussion, but some uh, Star Wars discussion that always takes us. That away. always blows up. Yeah. But that is it. We'll be back whenever. We'll try to figure out a new gimmick. Um, yeah, that's it. Don't have to give you something to play because we just did. We just gave you over 20 games to play. So, Scott, that was fun. I still like aliens. You still, still like aliens. <laughs> I, still, I still like the Lost Boys. Good night, people. Bye. <laughs>